0: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck.
1: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year survivor of breast cancer I am the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, not very often, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started with our fabulous guest today, Erica Dittar, I wanted to remind the listeners out there that I'm going to be putting together Warrior Stories episodes. Email me at Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org with your stories of inspiration, what helped you through your cancer journey, or how your life has changed for the better since cancer. Submission should be a few minutes long and in your own words, but I'm so excited to introduce Erica today. She's a fellow Oregonian who completely inspires me. She was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 35 while in the IVF process to start a family with her husband. When she went through chemo, she embraced cold capping and now has started a foundation to help other women save their hair during chemo. And most exciting at all, excuse me, most exciting of all I think, she's a brand new mama to a son who is now seven weeks old. I love talking to women who have taken their cancer and so many positive things come out of it. So welcome, Erica. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm Erica Datar, and I, yes,
2: I'm a new mom to seven week old Jackson Michael. Um, Yeah, not to be confused with he wasn't named after Michael Jackson. I didn't think about that. It's
1: like my dad's middle name is Michael. Anyway, um, but that's the most exciting part. I have to jump in real quick. My son is also named Jackson. He's ten. We got his name from Sons of Anarchy. Wait, so did we? No way! Yes, I. (laughs) (laughs) We love
2: the name Jax, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I just I love that name, and then I was like, you know what? Um, I don't know if we're quite cool enough to have a kid with like an X in the name. So then we're like looking it up.
1: That's (laughs) hilarious.
2: Awesome.
1: I knew we were were kindred (laughs) sisters, but sorry, continue on. Oh, that's no, that's
2: amazing. I mean, it can't be the first time, but that's awesome. Small world. (laughs) Um, Yes. Little Jackson. He's great. And um, I also like my working careers. I actually work at uh, Nike and I'm a product line manager for, um, well, now women's running. So I work basically with uh, the design team and I kind of am like the project manager, if you will. Um, So I do that and I uh, love working out and our goal is to go to Maui as many times as possible. Um, (laughs) So we work hard to play hard. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about me.
1: Have you ever done the bike ride down from um, Haleakala? Literally every... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every time we go, we're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do
2: it. And then we're like, oh, but just laying by the pool on the beach. Sounds so
1: good. You know what? I, I'm not a super athletic person, but we did it a few years ago. It was one of the most exciting, thrilling, scary things I've ever done. I cannot recommend it enough. Okay. We won. We love
2: biking around. Like we do yep. that here in Oregon all the time. Like, that's what we do. And so what, it's so funny when we go to Maui, we're, we literally just like just lay there. there.
1: <laughs> we just. were with, my husband was there for a conference and we were there with um, with some very athletic friends of his and they're like, sure. let's go do this. Of course, I made the mistake of having way too much fun at the pool bar the day before. So it was a little <laughs> challenging for me, but I made it. So <laughs>
2: But we've all been there
1: <laughs> anyway that that's the way my cancer squirrel brain works it goes here 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 but anyway so let's talk about that's why fair. we are here you are an incredibly busy woman and but you've taken your life and it's just even though you've had some bumps in the road it's it's ended up in a great place but how did you find out that you had cancer
2: oh my goodness um well as you mentioned earlier uh we have struggled with infertility for years i mean we got married in 2016 and basically wanted to start a family as soon as possible. Um, We did, you know, the natural, (laughs) whatever that is. And And then we, yeah, (laughs) fun way. IVF is not necessarily a fun way Um, later on. So it was just not working. And all the tests came back. They're like, oh, you know, you guys are both healthy. Everything should be fine. Um, We went through five failed IUIs, which is a little bit different than IVF. Um, It's a little bit less intense with medicine and shots mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and so we took a little break, which again, it's, uh, I'm a believer and it was definitely God's timing. Cause, um, if we didn't take that break, it could have been a different story. So we took a little break. Um, and like six months later, we're like, you know, we should look into IVF. Let's start that journey. Um, and then part of the IVF, uh, journey is that you have to, um, just do a regular, like breast checkup. Sure. They have to check and make sure everything Mm -hmm. is all good before they put babies in you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So a a few months before i am like a horrible, now I'm a a proponent of like, you have to check yourself. But a few months before I did feel like a tiny little bump in my um, breast. And I mean, I was, I'm 35 or I was 35 and I was like, and it doesn't run in my family. There's, there's nothing like, there's nothing to think that it would be anything. So I really kind of chose to ignore it for a while um, until I was four. My doctor's like, you have to get this done before we start your, you know, medicine and IVF. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So they checked it out and they're like, "Uh, let's do an ultrasound mammogram and fast forward, then we get the call of it's cancer. So that was a bummer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's always a bummer, but especially when you're trying so hard to focus on one area of your life, which mm-hmm. is and so important to start a family mm-hmm. that you've been working on for years. And then you get that news and it completely throws you into survival mode, mm-hmm. but you're also like, oh my gosh, well, now I need to, I need to, I need to do all these things so I can live. Yeah. But How do I, how do I preserve my ability to have a family? Oh yeah. Which, it was... So you have this crazy war going on in your brain. I'm sure. No, oh, yeah, it was uh <laughs> that that's one way to put it
2: a war for sure. The first thing I thought was, you know, well, actually the first thing I thought, and you might get to this question anyway, but they called me and they're like, you know, you have breast cancer. And I was on a work trip um, in Seattle. Of course. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I was actually waiting for the doctor to be like, okay, you can start your IVF meds tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the first, my first thought was like, I don't want to be bald. The second thought was, I don't want to tell my husband. And then the third thought was like, well, when am I going to have my babies?
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know? So it was- I, I was, my husband and I were actually trying for our second when I had mm. my, my first diagnosis mm. and we, it, it changed our, you know, our plan because my husband already had four kids and they were older sure. and mm. I had my one. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, you know, move forward. But you, ha- you hadn't gotten there yet. And so now I, obviously you you, we've talked previously a little bit and you said you're an open book. So when you, you had your, your treatment, you were going to have treatments and stuff, were you able to start through start and um, what were your preservation options for later pregnancy?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And one that I didn't even know was an option, obviously like going through that war, as you said, it's just like, your mind is all over the place. Um, And the, I guess the, blessing in disguise was that we were already in this process with our um, endocrinologist, our reproductive endocrinologist. So Mm -hmm. when we called and said, you know, uh, change of plans, Um, (laughs) we can't can't do this. (laughs) You know, Uh, my doctor was so amazing. They're like, no, yes, you can. I'm going to work with your oncologist. We're going to fast track you and get some egg preservation. Um, before you start chemo if that's a possibility so it was it was really a blessing that my oncologist and my reproductive endocrinologist were able to work together and be like no you can do it and now that it, now that I'm on the other side of things that is a common thing when you're young that you can actually preserve your eggs and I'm even a proponent of some of my younger friends that are still waiting to find their person mm-hmm. or not quite ready and like you know preserve your eggs now when you're like young and healthy like I didn't want to have you know I don't, not that matters, but chemo babies. I mean, they're going to be fine. At even, <laughs> but right. it's like before all that medicine is in you, or there's a high, high probability that everything shuts down after chemo. That that's yes. not even a chance. So um, we were able to do an egg retrieval, um, and we got uh, we wow, it was such a blessing. We had twenty five eggs, but then once we made them into embryos, mm-hmm. we ended up having six viable. So we have um, currently we now have five still frozen little babies. It still blows my mind. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Little Jackson was frozen and thawed.
1: (laughs) It's going to be quite a story to tell him. So you had six viable embryos and you implanted one and had a successful pregnancy. Yes, it was uh, such a blessing. That really is. It's such, such Mm -hmm. an amazing story because you do hear the stories where it doesn't work. And so uh, I just love to hear that. I'm, I had a woman on the show a few weeks ago and she had had a miscarriage they mm. were trying for a family as well and that's how when she was in for a post checkup that's how she found her cancer Ugh. so they had to go through the process and for for whatever reason they they're now looking into surrogacy she's you sure. know and that that's their journey and yeah. um It's just, it's so wonderful there, but there, there are so many options out there. Yeah. And I love to share that, you know, yours was
2: successful. I mean, it was, and I know it's not, it's, I don't take that for granted because I do know it doesn't always work. Um, Even when the doctors call, we were so used to hearing no from our previous Mm -hmm. trials of of IUIs that when they called and said we were pregnant, both Josh and I were like, what? Sorry, what? (laughs) Even though that was the plan,
1: that was the hope. um, It was just, uh, Again, such a blessing. But and it's so nice to hear about the cooperation between the doctors and yeah, uh, you and I share an oncologist. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Doctor Zinke. We love mm-hmm. him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just I know he's such a proponent of making the best out of the worst experience. Oh yeah. So you you had sent me a picture of you and he in in the infusion room with your cold cap on and he's just sitting there cheering you on and I love that and I know he can't talk to me about you but when I go I in I see him now, I'll be like I know Erica. <laughs> I do
2: that. Yes, I do that all the time with there's another couple patients mm-hmm. of his that I know and I'm like I know you can't say anything but mm-hmm. I love this person and they're coming in tonight or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. So but treat them well. And <laughs> yeah. of course just um, smiles and nods. Mhm. <laughs>
2: Okay. Um, Yeah. So we share an oncologist um, and he's really, really great. But what she was saying was um, that um, we're able to, we were able to have two doctors work together, which never, I mean, not say never, but it's not very common. But when you get a team like that, it's just such a blessing to have, um, have two doctors be able to work together then from
1: totally different areas. When you, why did you choose a bilateral mastectomy mm-hmm. versus a lumpectomy, especially since you did not have hormone positive cancer and it was only in one breast? And because that would preclude you from breastfeeding.
2: Yeah, no, that's a, it's, I mean, it, I don't know if you want to call it vain or I'm a little OCD or what. Um, I just, for me, um, even though like a lumpectomy probably would have been fine. I just really wanted symmetry
1: totally <laughs> like
2: I really, uh, I really I um, really previous to having them removed. I like really like my boobs. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I like them. That was one of my favorite body parts. And Now they're being cut off Yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better term, which they're not. <laughs> they look great, but they're not the same. Um, and for me, I just um, the breastfeeding thing was never something that I was like, oh, I really need like I did. That was not even something that was like I was super attached to. So that wasn't um, something for me. However, I know it's very important to some people and my doctor was like, you know, you can only, you can do a lumpectomy or you can even just do a mastectomy in one breast. But for me, I just wanted the symmetry. Mm-hmm. I wanted, um, I wanted the fear to kind of diminish, yep. even though it was just a small percentage. Um, especially mm-hmm. cause like you said, I was, um, not hormone positive, which means, um, it really probably was only in that one area. It's not really through, it's not based on like the hormones in my system. So, um, lumpectomy is
1: usually are fine. Uh, so usually for, for me, that was not the case. If right. you know, hi- hindsight is 2020, mm-hmm. I chose a lumpectomy my first time around because my son was so young sure. and I couldn't imagine going through the mastectomy process, which is, is rough, not going to lie, um, with a very young toddler. For sure. And I was still hoping to have another one. And, but anyway, um, that, that is me. And I talk way too much about me, but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, the mastectomy thing is such a personal,
2: um, personal choice. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, like I, am I, the first time I actually interviewed a couple of different plastic surgeons and they show you all these pictures and like realistic pictures. And honestly, I was like mortified and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like they're, they're not in my team. Um, my team did a really great job. And honestly, now that I know and, and technology and medicine is, is so advanced now that it's just like, I know many young women that have had either a mastectomy or bilateral and it, they look good. Like this oh, is yeah. like just trying to give out hope. Like they look good. They look normal. I was able to do n- nipple sparing, which not everybody gets, but uh-huh. I mean, I remember going, <laughs> I remember going under when they were putting the anesthesia about to put the anesthesia in me. And I was like, okay, if one of my nipples is going to fall off. Take them both. Take like I, them they're both. like, what? I was like, take them both. I need symmetry. So if you have to, I'll just get them tattooed on. Like I just was like, they're like, okay, Erica,
1: but I got, I, I had, I enough. had mine tattooed on Did you? Yeah, I, and they after, look so good. Right. They do. They look amazing. I I'm not going to lie. I had one of the preeminent tattoo artists here in Portland and she's sure. kind of a little bit retired now, but yeah, the, if you are standing a little bit away, you could not tell.
2: Oh no, no, not at all. And I was just like, I mean, I have
1: mine, but I. <laughs> I was ready for the tattooing, you know. Um, did you have Katie as your surgeon? Katie, Katie Denham? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Love her and Dr. Strew. Yes. Yes. Look at we. we Look are at, sisters. Wow. We are <laughs> full
2: on sisters. Yes. And that was just—they're all an amazing team. Yes. I mean, anybody that's in Oregon, highly mm-hmm. recommend.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you have to
2: go through this journey, not by choice, yeah.
1: like. Compass, Um, Compass and Waldorf. They are the bomb. They are. They're really great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so how soon after your treatments were you able to restart the fertility process? Um, Well, so this and I'm just going to kind of speak
2: a little bit about um, my journey. Being like not hormone positive is very different than if you are hormone positive. If I was hormone positive, Zinky was like, uh, girl, you're going to have to wait at least 10 years or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to be way too old.
1: Like that is, that is not (laughs) an option.
2: I I am. Yeah. So um, I, again, those little blessings, I was hormone negative. And so I was able, he wanted me to wait two years. So he's like, if you can wait one to two years, that would be great. And I said, you said one once. So So (laughs) one year. We're going with the one (laughs) one in like a half year. I started the like conversation up again. So um, that was, and he was okay with that. He's like, you need to do what's best for you. And and, I mean, that's what you have to do in all medical things is you do Uh have to do what's best take. I mean, they're the experts of course, but you also have to do what is best for you. And um, that I was able to do it, start the process a, a year and a half later, just after all the surgeries and chemo and everything Mm
1: -hmm. awesome well we are going to continue this discussion but please stay with us because we need to take a short break remember you can make a donation on our website to breast friends or by texting bf radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone stay with us we'll be back in a minute
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444. Or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support
3: Network.
0: you are tuned in to breast friends cancer support network to reach the program today please call us at 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to michelle back at breastfriends.org now back to the show
1: Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck, and we've been talking with Erica Detar about her infertility process and how now she has a beautiful son post-cancer. And also, she embraced cold capping during chemo. And because, as she had mentioned before, she loved her hair, which I totally get. I, um, I am incredibly lucky, even though I have had breast cancer twice, they were both cut very early, and I did not have chemo either time. But I will 100% tell you, chemo, the thought of chemo scared the crap out of me, not because of the illness, not because of all the other things it does to your body, but because of the, losing my hair. I have crazy hair. It's, I love it. I hate it, but it's, it's definitely a part of who I am. And I, I, was, I was paranoid and I would have done anything I could to keep my hair. So how did you go into that process and, and figure out that cold capping was right for you? Oh yeah, no, um, that is a great question. Like I mentioned earlier,
2: if you were listening (laughs) earlier, um, the literally the first thought came into my mind was like, I do not want to be bald, and people can rock it, and I think that's amazing. I just am, I just wanted to feel normal.
1: It's It's a very personal choice, and yeah,
2: yeah, it's a very personal choice, and I didn't even know there was an option. Honestly, like I didn't know that there was something called cold capping. So again, my awesome team, like, that's all I kept talking about. I'm like, am I going to lose my hair? And they're like, well, you have really intense chemo. Yes, (laughs) you are. Um, but the nurse was like, well, there is something that might work, but with your, your chemo treatment, it's not necessarily going to have the best success rate. Um, and there's just, there's just not a lot, but it's called cold capping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, tell me more. Like, there was like no hesitation. Like, wh- how do I do this? <laughs> You're like,
1: tell me more. What do I do? Where yeah. do I sign up
2: right now? It's, it's very common. So it's actually quite common in Europe. That's kind of where it started. Okay. Um, but in the United States, it's like, you either know about it or you don't. And not everybody knows about it. And not every place has, you know, anyway, uh, my facility had um, the brand Paxman, which is, um, Like a machine. That's basically a machine that keeps this cap cold. Um, And basically, the bottom line of what cold capping is, because in my dummy terms, like the way that I understand it, is like chemo attacks like very active cells. Cancer is an active cell, kills it. So Mm -hmm. what is also active cells are your hair. It's fast growing. Your Mm -hmm. hair follicles and like on your legs and everywhere. It's just. um, But what the cold capping does is it basically slows down those. Those cells, so it's almost like the. I just picture it, <laughs> like the chemo goes by, and it's like, oh, we don't need to touch
1: it, you know. I mean, that's <laughs> not really true, but that's kind of how I picture it in my head. Well, I mean, in simple terms, that is kind of how it works. It freezes yeah. the follicles, so the chemo doesn't even realize they're there, and they're exactly. yeah, it is. They're like, we're just going to go on by and yeah. you know, kill the cancer. How effective was it for you?
2: Yeah, so that's also something that varies from person to person and treatment to treatment, and it it's really truly based on a lot of things. I have a lot of fine hair. So, um, I, I mean, there's no really way to gauge this. It's kind of funny. They're like, I lost 10% or whatever. I personally probably lost about 60% of my hair.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and what was funny or not funny was that I, kind of held on for most of my treatment. So I had eight mm-hmm. rounds of chemo. Um, and it was thinning and that was also devastating, but it wasn't until my final chemo, like a week later, it like a ton shed out. Um, and so I actually ended up wearing a wig for about six months. Um, even though I had hair, I just, like Mm -hmm. couldn't even do anything with it anymore. Um, but I didn't want to like, I still didn't want to shave my head. I was like, I wanted the hope of like it coming back and, and everything. So, um, So I did lose quite a bit. I've heard some people, like I know a lady, she lost maybe like 10% of her hair and you would never even know. And some people lose like 90% of their hair. But um, something that's also really cool about cold capping is, um, at least the studies have shown, and I can speak for myself that it's true that um, your hair does, if you choose and are able to cold cap, your hair does grow back faster. Okay. and um usually in the same texture and color that it was
1: prior which so, is which is definitely rare because 90% of the women i've talked to who've gone through chemo and lost their hair mm-hmm. their hair comes out very different yep. you know if it was curly it's straight if it was not gray it's gray and yep. it it does a lot of a lot of changes so that's definitely another bonus yeah so even if like like me or like the people that lose like
2: 90% of their hair um and if you do want that option um, chances are it will probably grow back similar. So mine actually started coming in a little wavy. I have really straight hair, a little wavy, mm-hmm. but then it like went away after like a year. Like it, it now is completely normal. I can't mm-hmm. even explain it because like, I'm like, it came out kind of with a wave and now that wave is gone. Like I actually don't understand <laughs> so <whatever>. what happened because <laughs> I'm like, it's the same piece of hair, right? Like it just grows down, but <laughs> I don't i do not know. I'm so, not smart
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are we just think of the, some things are just there's no way to know it's okay. a line from my favorite podcast <laughs> um <laughs> so is it actually when you're in the process itself sitting in a chair with the cap on is it actually cold like what is it what does it feel like to be sitting there with that on
2: yeah so many people are like oh is it like just cold the whole time so well yes Technically it is, but it's really those first like 10, 15 minutes where you're like, whoo, this is really cold. Um, So some of the process, I won't like go into major details, but you do want to like kind of get your hair kind of wet so that you like spray your hair wet and try and get Mm -hmm. to where this cap can sit on really tight because anywhere that it's not touching or getting cold, you're going to either have a patch or got it. um mm-hmm. like it needs to be <laughs> even it needs to be consistent
1: all the way
3: around.
2: Yeah, and so like of course so putting a very cold cap and I actually don't know the temperature I should have looked it up before this, but really cold cap onto wet hair is really cold. Um but then you're there, I mean depending on your chemo treatment, I was there about 5 hours. So you're wearing it, you have to put it on um usually like 20, 30 minutes before your treatment. And then you mm-hmm. get your fun chemo drug that you get right. to just hang out with for a while and you still have the cap on and then you're done with your chemo treatment and you have to, I had to, and everybody's, um, regimens a little bit different, but I had mm-hmm. to stay another 90 minutes. So doing the cold capping, is honestly like a commitment. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. commitment. Cause you're, you're pumping yourself with poison. That's doing its job that it's supposed to, but you're also like having to extend your dreaded day. Right. Um, But it's cold, it's cold, but it kind of goes, you just numb out after a while. Mm -hmm. That was a really long winded answer. Sorry. That's
1: okay. (laughs) Well, hopefully the, the prekey or, you know, pre-infusion Benadryl helped you sleep sometimes so you could like cut off some time. For sure. I definitely just chilled. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> if someone um, wants to, wants to pursue cold capping, mm-hmm. how do they even start the process? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And depending on like
2: where you're listening, cause I, it is available pro- worldwide. It's, there's just different types. Okay. So um, there were, there is the machine type that I had, and then there's mm-hmm. like the manual type. So um, I would, if, if you're interested in it and you do recently get diagnosed, step one is you have to ask about it right away, because that is something you do have to start at the beginning. You can't, you can't have around a few I mean,
1: sessions and then like, Hey, yeah, let's I mean, that.
2: yeah, at it may or may not work, but I mean chemo is very <laughs> effective. And so yeah. if you miss one, so you have to I would ask your team right away. Um and some facilities, especially in Europe and more and more in the US are coming with these machines, but depending on the oncology group, they may or may not have the machine. So if they don't have the machine, there are options. There's the manual options and you can You can look up cold cap. It's like, I've done it a hundred times. You can look up cold cap. There's a whole bunch of different brands, if you will, but essentially the manual ones um, are really time consuming and kudos to those that do it. But you basically bring your own cooler. This is what I know without knowing you bring your own cooler and you get usually about like eight to 10 of these basically ice caps. Mm-hmm. And so every 20 minutes you have to switch them out, you know, because it's constantly like thawing. It so you up, right, yeah. So you have to switch it out every 20 minutes um, or whatever the time is that they suggest, mm-hmm. but you can look them up online and you can get them people like donate them back. Um, but the machine ones are awesome because you don't have to worry about that. But again, not every facility has the machine
1: ones. So sure. And I, I don't know, what is the cost factor of something like this? And yeah, Is it? I don't imagine that it's something that insurance covers. Yeah, great question.
2: (laughs) Um, And that also varies. So, so in in the UK, in in Europe, it actually is covered now. And actually, in Texas, uh, I just read just a couple weeks ago they passed that insurance does help cover. Um, so if I can get my ish together, I would love to like get a proponent, and have insurance start covering it, but it doesn't at least here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is out of pocket expense, um, and depending on the treatment, um, and depending whether it's a machine or, or not, um, it can vary greatly. So with, um, the machine one that I have, it is about, um, $1,200. Okay, give or take a couple hundred, mm-hmm. um, and then with the manual, I think it's a, a lot less. I want to say around, I would imagine it's less, but you yeah, know. I want and there's like rent. A, I know the manual ones um, rent, a like rent a cap, rent a cap essentially because they are just like
4: mm-hmm.
2: so the the price varies, but it would still be a couple hundred dollars, um, and yeah. So a lot of people will do GoFundMes mm-hmm. or if they can't afford it. And then I we will probably talk about it in a few moments. But that was something to me that we were, my husband and I were blessed to just be able to not think about it and be like, whatever, we're going to do this. We're sure. going to pay for this. But um, not everybody has that opportunity. And so that's why we started our little nonprofit. I love
1: that. Well, let's let's move into that. Um, it's, and yes, I would have paid a lot more money than $1,200 to keep my hair if I had to go through that. So I feel you. So when you, you went through this process and you're going through this, I mean, this was all done. So were you starting the process of the foundation, like in that year and a half period? Or when did you, when did that come about that? You're like, oh my gosh, I have to start something to help other people. Sure. Yeah. Um,
2: well, we, I was going through it. <laughs> so again, I had eight rounds of chemo. Um, and the more and more I talked about it, cause actually at my facility, not a lot of people were cold capping still cause they didn't really know much about it. Um, but when I was talking to like the nursing staff, um, I learned the thing that got me and my husband was that I learned that many women or men, um, but mostly women from what I've heard, um, uh, when they hear they have to do chemo and they're going to lose their hair, they will actually just forego treatment altogether. And so that was um, like, that just like was a knife in my heart. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And then like, that was just devastating to hear that people would choose. And I I mean, I get it. I didn't want to go. I did not mm-hmm. want to be bald. I wanted to f- live a, and look a normal life if I could. And that was Mm -hmm. really the proponent for me is, um, I just really wanted to feel normal. I didn't want someone to look at me and like Costco and be like, Oh, you know, that was just me. That was my personal choice. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were in, (laughs) so we decided we're like, okay, well, we'll, um, pay for somebody that needs it. So we asked our Mm -hmm. like staff, like if there's someone that needs it, we'll pay for somebody. Well, then we're like, well, there's going to be more than one person.
1: We can't just right. keep it's a little bit different, out but- our
2: credit card, paying
1: <laughs> paying it forward at Starbucks, like paying for the person behind <laughs> you when it's five or ten dollars, Yeah, know, yeah, twelve hundred dollars
2: um, every whatever. So we're like, well, maybe we should start something. So, again, I'm like in the middle of treatment and I'm like, OK, well, let's let's start. Let's see if we can do this. And I still don't honestly, I still don't know what I'm doing. We have a nonprofit <laughs> one nine be strong. Um, but, uh, we, we started it and started raising money. And so far we've been able to help, um, 15, which mm-hmm. I, we just started late in October, 2019. So 15 is pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, of, of women. And we just, what we do at uh one nine be strong is that there's a lot of, um, supplemental nonprofits that will help you know mm-hmm. with cold capping or wigs or whatnot um but for me and just just knowing the process of like you have so much going on when you're diagnosed the last thing you want to do is like try and apply for something and wait to hear back and then you know have to submit all these like this is how much i make or don't make and just the stress of just the application part mm-hmm is hard is and so to, for,
1: is enough to turn people is off enough to, to turn to people say, off and so
2: with us we're just like we are going to pay a hundred percent you don't have to pay anything um and right currently right now we are um only local and sure. only at the at the compass oncologies in oregon um but we basically are just kind of under the radar a little bit where we Um, lean into the uh, nurse navigators. So the nurse navigators kind of feel out patients, Mm -hmm. And if they're like, Oh, this would be one that definitely (laughs) could use the help. They'll just reach, they'll reach out to us with the application. If you will, we have to have some sort of form, but it's basically Mm -hmm. your name, your age, your diagnosis, can you pay for this or not? And then Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, And so we will, that's what separates us better or worse, I don't know. But um, for me, that was very important to take
1: that burden um, off others. Oh, definitely. And again, shout out to uh, the nurse navigators out there because our journeys would be so different without them. Um, Jen was my nurse navigator. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you, and she, my first time around, like just held my hand and was just amazing you know i called her so many times for questions and then the second time around she was the one who actually gave me my diagnosis because she knew the doctors were not available it was Mm -hmm. a weekend she had seen it come in and i had Mm. called and i i still remember that day so vividly and she's like you know we've got you yeah we've completely got you and um it's really special to have a nurse navigator who herself is a survivor. She's mm-hmm. out, I think at like almost 15 years mm-hmm. at this point. And she was triple negative. She opted for a, I believe a single mastectomy because she wanted to breastfeed her son Yep. and she's just living such a fabulous life. And she's such an inspiration mm-hmm. to, to those of us there. And, you know, I, <laughs> I ran into her in the office literally during COVID one day and she looks at me and she looks around and we both had our masks on. She's like, screw it. I'm hugging you anyway. And like, she's just, she's just that kind of a person. So I am just so. Jen has
2: been a huge proponent and helper with the one nine be strong foundation. Yes. I I definitely an advocate for sure. I love her.
1: I definitely need to get her back here on the show. She was one of the first original guests five years ago. Oh wow! With Becky and Sharon, the founders of Breast Friends, and that's awesome. I know how busy she is, and so it's like I'm I'm gonna hold off till you know. Not that there's ever a non busy time, but sure. Um, quickly, tell me about the 19 B Strong. How did you come up with that name? <laughs>
2: okay it's long-winded but i'll get there real quick
1: <laughs> <laughs> or we can you know what we can actually come back to that that's totally fine because i realized we are a little short on time right now so um, let's go ahead and take a quick break and cool. we'll be back soon and then we'll talk about it
3: okay <laughs> thanks become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at BreastFriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at BreastFriendsPDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. I'm Michelle Beck, and We've been talking with Erica Detar about how infertility saved her life, cold capping saved a lot of her hair, and what it led her to. But I'm also so excited to welcome a call-in guest today, Yvonne Nydiger, who <laughs> is the silver lining to my cancer, and she's been involved in the breast cancer world for a good 10 years. So welcome, Yvonne. I know you had a question, so let, let's get started.
4: Well, and actually I had a quick comment, and Erica, thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, You know, having worked with hundreds of women, I can um, definitely second the thought that Losing their hair—not uh, only people think that losing your hair is is something that um, is—it triggers a vanity in women, and really, that's not the case. In most cases, it is more the fact that they lose that sense of privacy about something that's so incredibly challenging in their world. It's like the whole world knows that you're going through cancer the minute you lose your hair. So that that uh, that that feeling of okay, I can do this without having to tell everyone. Um, Is almost lost in that process. So, you know, for people to understand that um, it's not a question of, oh, gosh, I want to keep my beautiful locks, even though with Michelle, I know her beautiful locks would be more than worthy of keeping. Um, (laughs) It's just that feeling of control, of having the ability to say, you know what, I want to be able to do this. And and so I think it's great that you're doing this. Um, Really wonderful. But I did want to add one thing. Uh, When this program First started almost eight years ago in the mm-hmm. U.S. I was um, asked as a volunteer to work with a woman who was using the manual cold cap. Yeah, and I I just kind of wanted to add a little caveat because obviously the the new version of this with the machine sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, having gone through that with a woman who was doing it manually, women need to understand that the difference between the two techniques is kind of a little bit of night and day because mm-hmm. the manual process as you are having to, not only for the person having the cold treatment, but the person helping the, the science, the timing, um, taking the cap off, putting the new one on, doing the rotation, um, that as you said, um, that consistency of having it on your head allows your head to kind of go, okay, I'm just chilling. It's Okay, but as you take that cap off and you replace the new one and you get it situated and you get it placed properly, it is a little bit more intensive. Yeah. So you know, as women are listening out there and they're thinking, you know, oh, okay, well, if the manual is cheaper, um, then that's a great option. It is a great option, but there's a lot of steps not only for the person receiving but the person, it's a big responsibility to be their person. So, you know, just to kind of add that in that you know, it sounds like this machine is just an answer to a prayer but as women are contemplating doing this in in their journey, um, they need to understand that if they do go the route of manual, they need to have a lot more understanding that it is not a one and done, cap on cap off type of thing yeah. mm-hmm. it is a real kind of roller coaster ride so well yeah. it's that it was, kind that of was my into, one little you get what in. you pay for <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well, and it's very exactly. I'm like so
2: glad you said that because um I personally don't have the experience I only know like friends that I've met along this journey that have done it and yeah it's either way it's a commitment and they're just different <laughs> but it's definitely more yeah. intense the manual for sure yeah. um yeah, and, and it's and definitely it's worth not it. Comfortable. Uh, I, <laughs> not comfortable. <laughs> no, either
4: way. no, and the the women I know who have done the manual have had have, have also had very good results. Yep. Um, but there's more opportunity for that process to possibly miss a spot. Or maybe the first time you put the cap on, everything's groovy, but then the next time they go to put it on, they don't have it quite tight enough in an area, or it's not quite covering right, or, you know, by the end of the day, everybody's sort of tired and we're not quite doing it right. And that's where sometimes those, as you mentioned, you know, those little spots can happen so um, having it on and off so many times can lead to a little more operator error so there are chances for a little bit of that hair not to necessarily be as as protected as it is with the machine so yeah yeah
2: even with the machine like I didn't have the obviously I didn't have to take it on and off but I would sit there just like there's like a little chin strap and I'd, I'd sit and hold my chin strap So tight that like people ask, like, (laughs) is it cold? I'm like, yeah, but the worst part is like you're, you're, I wanted it so tight on my head because I did not want any patches that it was like, I would have an immediate headache. So (laughs) my sweet nurses would give me lots of Tylenol because I'd be like,
1: keep this on. And your fingers probably got all cramped up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's new ways
2: to do it. I see so many people, they're like, I got an exercise band and held it. It's like, but it's just so like the things that you do, it's, but it's a full on commitment. I really appreciate you saying that. It's not... (laughs) Easy breezy.
4: Well, I, I love you both. Thank you for what you're doing. And uh, Michelle is always very proud of you. And I'm going to let you ladies get back to your topic. But um, again, this is a great opportunity for women to learn a lot more about um, an opportunity to save that beautiful hair, but also to save their sense of mm-hmm. control. And I think yeah. what, what we're really talking about is taking back a little bit of your own
1: control. So wonderful job. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And she actually, Yvonne brings up a really valid point. When you have, when you're diagnosed with cancer or any serious disease like this, you really, you're, you're giving up so much control Mm -hmm. of your body. And especially as professional women, we've worked, we've, we've taken control of our lives, our careers, our families. And, and, and then it's just like, poof, Everything yeah. goes away, and you're like you're you put your hands you excuse me, you put your life in the hands of people that mm-hmm. you're just meeting, but yeah. you know thankfully, you had a fabulous team, and doing this for you, yes, it you know helped save a portion of your hair, but it did allow you to have a little bit of control over something, which yeah, she definitely was much
2: more eloquent than I was like' that's exactly that's exactly what I felt is um mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, the control you have no control, really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just told what you have to do to hopefully get rid of this thing that's inside your body. But, um, yeah. And like, I think I mentioned earlier, it's like, I'm actually an open book and most people around me did know I had cancer, but I just didn't want to have to always explain. Sure. Like, you know, and so by having some sense of like something I could control or at least mm-hmm. try, cause again, it's not always, it's not a hundred percent successful right. The cold capping, like, and, and everybody has a different thing, but just having some sense of like normalcy, that was like Mm -hmm. the thing that, that, that stood out to me. It's like, just, I just wanted to feel like normal. I didn't want people to be like, oh, Oh, you know, like I just didn't, Mm -hmm. I'm like, please stop. (laughs) Can I just be a normal employee or a normal friend? Like I don't want, and, and
1: you can kind of, when you, when you have, when you Mm -hmm. look, ish the same when you look you know? normal quote unquote yeah. and I know for me I I didn't have to have chemo so I kept my hair but still going through treatment and surgeries mm-hmm. and all of the things and and I I'm a crier so whenever same. anyone feels sorry for me or, or not you know but just are trying to give me empathy like and mm-hmm. they'll look at me and then I look at them and then I start to cry and they start yeah. to cry and it just turns into a big nightmare so it's just <laughs> totally and yes, I yeah. You can still have that connection with people, but it's easier if you look normal Yeah, because people who are not going through it, a lot of times they just don't understand. Sure. They have no idea what it's like to go through treatment. And so being able to, for you yourself to still look a little bit like what you are, mm-hmm. even though you feel like crap, sure. it, it really helps because I know for me as, as a woman, like when I, a lot of how I feel kind of some days depends on how i look. Sure. And it's what's what society has done to us and we've accepted, yeah. but it's just the way it is. Yeah, you can have a good face day or a bad face yeah. day and that can make your whole day. I, know. <laughs> I had a couple cocktails last night. I was hanging out with Yvonne and literally like I was looking in the mirror this morning. I'm like, why does my face look like this? <laughs> it's so
2: true, though. I mean, it is like I just and like like I mean, I had a wig too, where I could have rocked the like I called it my little mm-hmm. paintbrush ponytail because my hair was so thin. It looked like a little paintbrush, um, but I could have rocked that, but I was like, no, I just want, and so I got a pretty good wig, which is also mm-hmm. so awesome. The wigs that are out there, you know, if you do, like, there's so yep. many good ones. You can, I've even seen people have amazing ones from
1: Amazon. Like, what? yes, usually I think of Amazon as like costume wigs, so. I, me too. But I like, I asked one of my girlfriends, I was like, man, that is a really good one.
2: Where'd you get that? She's like, Amazon. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> where I
2: get everything
1: pretty much. Cause I, I hate mean, to shop.
2: So I know. Same thing.
1: <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to one nine be strong. Oh yeah. How did that um, come about? Yeah. So the name, the name. so mm-hmm. it's a,
2: it's a lot, it's a lot of different things that come together that just kind of ended up with the name. Um, but so we were prior to cancer, prior to we were still going through or we were going through going to start the IVF process. We were at church one day, and uh, my hu- I always take notes on what the pastor's saying, but my husband doesn't. he just listens and absorbs.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but this one day, uh, the pastor uh, mentioned was talking about the verse Joshua one nine, which is be strong and courageous. uh, You're not alone, basically. That's the short, (laughs) that's the Mm -hmm. short of it. Be strong and courageous, you're not alone. And I didn't even notice at the time, but my husband took out his phone and marked that um, verse. Didn't think anything of it. Um, And then fast forward about a few weeks, um, I got my diagnosis and then I had some girlfriends like send me flowers, which super sweet. Mm I don't want, don't give me flowers, (laughs) but super sweet. Got so many flowers that, that week of diagnosis. And on the card, um, she, she mentioned, um, the Joshua one, nine, like she put Joshua Mm -hmm. one, nine. So, I mean, the Bible has billions of verses, right? Like they just happened. So that was twice. Um, also my diagnosis was on January 9th, one, nine, one, nine, 2019, one, nine. Um, so we have a couple different things where it's like just this thing kept popping out, um, with one nine and 2019, January 9th, this verse that just kept coming and coming. And that verse actually ended up being really my mantra and kind of got me helped get me through, um, through the turmoil of that Mm -hmm. year of 2019 chemo and in, in surgeries and all that. So when we were trying to come up with the name, like be strong, you know, mm-hmm. was, that's the first part of the verse is like, be strong. And like, everybody's always telling you to say, <laughs> stay strong, be strong, whatever. And you are, even if you're breaking inside. Um, so we kind of just played off of a date that was important to us and a verse that was important to us um, and just named it
1: one nine be strong. I love that. I actually have uh, a tattoo. I embraced the pink with my journey. Mm. And so I have the pink ribbon tattoo yes. on my forearm it says strong in it. And it also has the boxing gloves, the fighting pretty yes, boxing gloves. It, so it. I've incorporated a bunch of things there. Um, yeah. Now I know that you do not fund this any any longer yourself because there's only so much you can do. And now you have a baby, which will take all of your money. Um, <laughs> how can someone listening donate for other women? Oh, that's, um, that's so awesome. So there's a couple different ways you could go
2: onto our website and there's like a donate button right on the, <laughs> Front page. Our website is www19 bstrongorg and that's spelled out 1-9-O-N-E-9. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you could always email us, but that would probably be the easiest way. Um, I also have like an Instagram that's 19 strong, and you can also donate through that and Facebook. Um, but... Um, I just have to mention like basic, I mean, a hundred percent of the proceeds, anything that's donated does go to these caps. Like we don't really have any overhead. All of the board mm-hmm. members are, um, are volunteer. So there's just three of us. Uh, mm-hmm. We're very, we're small, but mighty, I guess, even I, though I we was don't just know. just going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what the heck we're doing. I mean, I guess I have to keep saying like, we've already helped 15 people, sure. which um, is such a blessing, but, um, it, it really just goes to, to them directly. The only thing would be like, we have to pay a tax, you know, once a year. So like that mm-hmm. would be a little portion, but yeah, p- many people always ask, it's like, well, what does it go to? You know, sometimes when you donate to these big
1: mm-hmm. things,
2: you don't really know what it's going to. And it literally goes to caps. So the more donations, the more people directly we can help.
1: Right. It's not like you're taking a salary or anything like that. No, no. Every every Mm -hmm. penny that comes in goes back out to the caps. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I know in the past you had done some events like races and different organizations have fundraised Mm -hmm. for you. If... Um, I know COVID, you know, shut the world down, but, um, are there plans to do anything like that in the future? Um, shout out to anybody that wants to be part of our
2: team that can help us with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, um, coming up with, I am very bad at coming up with fundraisers. So something I do love is just being active. So we do, we'll do a run a year and mm-hmm. that's usually around, um, usually around October. Sometimes we, last sure. year we did it in June, um, the first year, uh, we did it on a track, um, last year, which was basically the begin, like, I mean, we're still in COVID. Um, it's not gone, but, um, we did a virtual run, which is actually so cool. We did a virtual mm-hmm. run, which like, I would love to do a physical and virtual at the same time, because we were I able s- to get, um, Paxman people over in London. They did it and sent in pictures at the same time. Um, so we'll do runs again. We're going to do, um we're we're trying to come up with this. My, my husband's really into cars. Mm-hmm. So he's going to try and do like a car
1: themed run In, instead of the cars for coffee. We'll do a, a exactly. um, yes. It's like yes. A cars for coffee, but like cars for on. one, nine be strong. Yes, exactly. So we'll, we'll do be something there. like that. But Awesome. Okay. I'm we are out of time, but we could sit and talk all day, but thank you Erica so much for being here today and sharing your story about your fertility process, and your beautiful son, and cold capping, and um, so listeners, please go to 19 bstrongorg and donate today, because I could not think of a more worthwhile opportunity, and if you or a loved one need our services, please visit breastfriends.org. You can make a donation to Breast Friends by texting BF Radio to 41444. Our show is available across many platforms on Voice America or search Breast Friends wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other.
0: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.